0: The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at Real the underdog. Hey
1: guys, before we get to the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Pro Football Focus. Prepare to win this season with PFF Fantasy. PFF offers the most in-depth stats and analysis to give you a massive edge over your competition. Use their data-driven projections and matchup tools to find breakout players. Sit back and follow Jeff Ratcliffe's expert rankings all season long and don't waste another season guessing which players to draft Or to fade. Use PFF analytics to optimize every draft pick, trade offer, and DFS lineup. Sign up at PFF.com and use promo code PFF25 to save 25% on your order. Are you a high stakes player? Then join PFF Elite to access their Green Line game picks for NFL and college games. Green Line shows you which picks have the highest confidence to beat the spread, money line, and over under. Join PFF today and prepare to win. Go to PFF.com and use promo code PFF25 to save 25% for a limited time. You are entering the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour with Josh Dunn and Anshu Khanna. Now in the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour, I am Josh Dunn. I am joined, as always, by my good friend, Anshu Kana. Anshu, how are you this evening?
0: I am doing wonderfully. How are you tonight, Josh?
1: I gotta say, I'm pretty pumped. We've got two shows this week, and we're talking about our favorite divisions in the NFL, starting things out, out, out with the NFC North, and, and your boys, the Green Bay Packers, which we'll get to, we'll close things out in the division with that. Um, But we got a lot to talk about here tonight, and we wanted to start by talking about a few of the storylines as we've done the past few weeks, kind of leading up and previewing all of these divisions. Uh, And when we think back to the AFC West, aren't you, the big storyline, all preseason, uh, you know, you look at uh, hard knocks and everything that's going on in Oakland, uh, and Antonio Brown seems to be the center of conversation, whether it's his frostbitten feet uh, or now the helmet that he just cannot give up. He cannot quit this helmet for whatever reason, aren't you? Can you explain to me why? It sounds like it might have something to do with how it wobbles on his head and not fit right, but he is just, he will not give this thing up. It does sound like he's finally back at practice today, uh, but what, what is going on
0: with this guy? oh man he is such a head case and i read i heard it read today or i read Head-casing, it written today the helmet
1: basically yeah. is a headcase.
0: case <laughs> yeah. wow literally yeah <laughs> i mean he's it's really interesting what's happening here whether it's you know good or bad interesting is up for debate but i think that you know it's very possible that this helmet thing is just kind of a smokescreen to a real issue with his feet because I mean, he, you know, we've seen the clips and hard knocks. We've seen the clips gone viral of him, you know, running around trying to look like the Antonio Brown of old, but you know, this is a 31 year old receiver that was already going to have difficulty replicating his production over the last few years. We've talked about it ad nauseum on this show and others. And I mean, it's just, you know, I think the helmet thing is just a total smokescreen. I think that his feet are a real issue and I think they're going to continue to be an issue. And for a guy, Who, you know, has made his living on being, you know, say whatever you want about him, uh, you know, as a person, but his effort, he had to go do a lot. Like, I mean, it was a lot of it was his hard work. And the reality is that if his feet aren't holding up, he's not going to be able to put that work in. And, you know, he is undersized. He isn't the fastest guy, um, you know, and now he's old and now he's in a new system. I mean, I think that there's real concern here for Antonio Brown uh, from a fantasy and Raiders perspective.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I it just seems like the, this guy cannot get out of the news, and uh, for whatever reason, I mean, we we've talked a lot about Odell Beckham Jr., who we'll talk about uh, here on the second show this week, but he, he's he's kind of starting to just be that type of guy where he's just always in the news, whether it be good or whether it be bad, and you know, for for all intents and purposes, right now, I would I would argue that it is bad. I mean, you. you you're just making a scene out of something that, you know, not one other player in the league has really taken any public issue with. I mean, there have been stories about your boy Aaron Rodgers and, uh, you know, Tom Brady who weren't happy initially having to switch their helmets. But they did it anyway, and they had a year to – I guess a year to uh, – to, to, to get uh, you know have kind of a transition period and and that uh, I guess was maybe the reason that Antonio Brown felt like he was slighted but he's got to be out there on the field especially coming back from the foot injuries he's a guy that has he's, he's learning a new offense and he's an immense talent but they're gonna need him to perform at the highest level uh, if, if they're gonna ha- obviously get the value in return that he has brought been brought in at uh, with the big with the big deal that he's uh, playing for so I don't know it's it's uh, it's a storyline that you hope just kind of disappears Disappears, and we can see the Antonio Brown that that is a really great wide receiver and great football player. But it just seems like every time one thing goes away, something else comes to the forefront. And I don't think that's what we expected from Antonio Brown here uh, during this offseason But that just has been the case, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you think from the second you know last season ended until this point, we're thinking of a guy who multiple weeks basically didn't play for a team that needed him. Um, You know, obviously all the stuff with Ben Roethlisberger in the media, the issues that came out in that Yahoo story about him, you know, with his basically his child's mother and then – or his children's mother and then, uh, you know, demanding the trade, of course, then going – And rejecting the trade to Buffalo. Now all these things strung together on a team that really stuck its neck out and extended him. Um, You know, it's, it's a tough look for him, for sure. And a series of tough looks, really. So he's got a lot of work to do. And as you said, I mean, this Raiders team badly needs him. We talked about him on that AFC West preview, but, you know, they did bring in Tyrell Williams. But other than that, like, I mean, their their receiver core is pretty ugly, despite what Hard Knocks might have you believe. There's just not a lot of talent in that group. Ryan Grant in the slot is, you know, an upgrade, but Hunter Renfro is a seventh-round, like, 28-year-old rookie for a reason. They don't have Jared Cook anymore. Um, they've got a rookie at running back. I mean, there's there are a lot of problems here, potentially, and Antonio Brown is supposed to be the one to help, sort of smooth all that over and with all this stuff the side showing I I don't think that it's it's off to a great start for John Gruden yeah and
1: uh, obviously Antonio Brown not the only wide receiver who has had his issues on and off the field but uh, you think about uh, Josh Gordon who's now coming back from being suspended and and he is reinstated Uh, it remains to be seen what that will look like in New England but Josh Gordon now back and from what looked like a really banged up receiving core in New England now to one that is somewhat crowded they get Demarius Thomas back off the physically unable to perform list Julian Edelman's been working his way back from injuries and they bring in Nikhil Harry Uh, Philip Dorsett obviously is a guy who they hope to get a little bit more out of Uh, what do you see out of Josh Gordon and his production and do you think he'll contribute here to New England the way that he did at times when he wasn't off the field and suspended
0: yeah, I mean, scary thought, obviously. We, we were already all prepped for New England to win this division going away, and that was without Demarius who can still contribute, and of course Josh Gordon. It's easy to think back to Gordon's year last year and sort of remember how erratic it was at times, but you know, when he was on the field and healthy, he was an absolute star. No player in Tom Brady's history has had more adjusted yards per attempt for a receiver than anyone um, throughout his career. Rob Gronkowski at 11.1. Uh, Josh Gordon's at 11.5, basically. That's above every single other one. Randy Moss was down at 9.73. So that just gives you an idea. Of the type of big playability Josh Gordon has with Tom Brady. And if you think of his last few games last season, I mean, in that Pittsburgh game, week 15, before he got the suspension, he barely really played one catch for 19 yards. Before that, though, five for 96 against Miami, three for 58 and a touchdown against Minnesota, five for 70 against the Jets, four for 81 against Tennessee, five for 130 and a touchdown against my Packers. I mean, the, the guy was. On a roll before then, um, as far as wide receivers go he 's a clear wide receiver too to me, and um, you know we know how immense his talent is with a year in the system, a year and a half i mean this is this is scary
1: yeah, it is scary, but it 's scary to think about him actually going through an entire season without having an off the field issue and we 're talking corner. about all of these things coming to the forefront with antonio Brown and you know him becoming uh, the type of receiver that just just can't just can't stay out of the media for any reason and Josh Gordon it's he tries to stay away from the media attention and he just he just has some some issues that he he just has not been able to to deal with and you would think that New England would be the situation that would maybe be able to change that just because they do have this you know football family and everybody that that plays there talks so highly about the the camaraderie and everything like that. And it seemed like the right situation for Gordon to get right. And then he still has the issues that he had last year. Yes, he was talented when he's on the field. He has been every time we've seen him take the field, but he just has not been able to get things right. I truly hope, and, you know, I I obviously watched him torch the Bengals at times. I mean, he was a great receiver when he was on the Browns. So from a football perspective, I, I did not like watching Josh Gordon But I love watching Josh Gordon. He's a great receiver. He's somebody that you want to see play. He makes the league better. He makes the game better. You want to see him on the field. And just, you know, from a man to a man, you hope the guy can get it right because he's had some real, real issues. Uh, But I I still have my doubts, man. It's hard hard for me to come around on that. Uh, I'm rooting for the guy, but uh, I I, I don't know, man. I don't know what to expect here.
0: Yeah, it's... It's complicated, I think, from like a non-fantasy or gambling perspective. It's just, you know, you do root for him because as far as we know, all of the issues he's had have been sort of self-harmful and not really malicious in any way to other people as far as we know. And so, you know, I mean, you can argue the merits of, you know, how much damage you do when you, you know, abuse yourself. But this this is – I think it's, it's a really – complicated topic, and I think that, you know, we all – I'm definitely rooting for him. I think it would be awesome to see him – I mean, aside from the fact that he's playing for a team that certainly doesn't need any help as far as talent goes, but I think it's the perfect situation if he's able to stay healthy. And it's – a it's and now talking about it from a gambling and fantasy perspective, that has to be a real concern when you go into a draft or, you know, you think about betting on the Patriots is – I like, it. what are the chances that he actually plays 16 games? It just – it seems – like pretty remote to me
1: yeah and it's tough where where do you draft a guy like that because he did help at times when uh you know i i I had him in a couple leagues last year and he helped me immensely and then playoffs come around and he's nowhere to be found so we'll see i I know somebody will take a flyer on him his name's probably dan bauer former co-host of (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but uh, we're going to talk NFC North, Anshu, but before we do that, let's tell our friends that are listening about our friends over at BetOnline. As the month of August continues on, we've got action across the sports world that continues to heat up. We've got MLB and NFL preseason underway. Nothing better than when football is backed, as you and I keep telling you guys. But uh, there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, and that's BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code Podcast one. That's podcast O N E for your 50% welcome bonus. We've got NFL preseason games this week. It's week three, aren't you, in the preseason? That means we're that close to the NFL's week one, but we've got Baltimore and Philly this weekend. We've got green Bay versus the Raiders who we've talked about. You'll get to see your boys on hard knocks. Uh, Houston's going to take on Dallas and then Seattle. The 12s are going to take on the LA chargers. I got it right for once on. There it is. Don't <laughs> sit on the sidelines at all anymore. Please get in on the action and don't forget to use that promo code podcast one or text bet. Now to two, three, eight, six, six, nine to receive your 50% welcome bonus. MLB action, only two months left in the regular season. NFL preseason week three. Get in on it. all of the action at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, you? time has come. This is the division that you follow so closely during the NFL season. Let's kind of start with a team that has had very little success, and let's talk about it from a betting perspective and also from a fantasy football perspective, and that's the Detroit Lions They've had a lot of offensive weapons over the year, especially in, in fantasy, and they really, it looks like, are going to bring back a lot of that talent this year. What do you see in Detroit? They can't win games, but they, they have talent that puts up yards. on Johnson got drafted high. Marvin Jones has been a touchdown machine. And Matthew Stafford, I mean, if you look back over the last decade, Matthew Stafford's got to be a top three or four fantasy quarterback over that period of time.
0: For sure. I mean, we really thought we would see the explosion of Matt Stafford. I, I'm a big fan of his, but um regrettably, it just hasn't ever come around. I mean, it, and now without Golden Tate there and with the losses of all those receivers, you know, it, it turns into now. Yeah, Marvin Jones is there. Kenny Galladay looked good, but it's an offense that, you know wants to run the ball. They hire Seattle's old offensive coordinator, uh, Daryl Bevel, which means that they're basically going to be a run first team. That's what Matt Patricia wants to look like. And uh, that doesn't bode well for a team that was once, you know, Pretty high-flying there at Ford Field, and so that, to me, means a lot of carry-on Johnson. I think that his stock has risen maybe more than any running back here over the last month or so. Um, you know, they obviously cut Theo Riddick, which means carry-on's getting even more burned. They did sign... Danny Amendola, uh, you know, another Patriots guy to the Patriots coaching staff, and you know, a front office that's heavily influenced by New England. Um, they draft TJ Hawkinson in the first round, a guy that I really liked uh, for Green Bay, and I mean, I think that he's going to be an impact tight end, which is rare as a rookie for Detroit. But um, overall, I mean, you know, a little bit tougher on the offensive line than they have been in the past. But uh, I've got concerns about Detroit, especially in what seems to be a pretty strong division overall.
1: Bet online has got them at plus or minus seven wins. You get minus 125 on the under. Uh, I mean, I can't see them winning more than seven games, but it, it, they do come back to the fact that they do have offensive talent, and I just, I just don't know what that means because they've had offensive talent so often. But I guess first on the seven wins, but also I, Kenny Galladay, I feel like he's a guy that has to take another step forward. I mean, he looked good at times last year, but consistency could be something that uh, fantasy owners might expect out of him this year.
0: Yeah, I think you almost have to. That third year, you know, you really expect the leap. The second year, we got a little bit of a taste of it. But as long as Marvin Jones is healthy, I think he opens things up for Galladay. Again, my concern is really just from the play caller. Um, Other than that, I like the quarterback. I like the offensive line. I like the running back. I'm just not sure about the play calling. And I think that that could directly influence Galladay's production. And then as far as the win line goes, I mean, that's directly tied to, again, you know, the the play calling. I think that you'll see a very different type of Lions team this year, kind of in the form of the Seahawks as far as, you know, defense and, you know, and running the ball with Kerryon Johnson. And, you know, I think that if Johnson isn't healthy or if he's not up to snuff in terms of performance, this could be a disaster. They signed Mike Daniels from the Packers this offseason. They do have Damon Harrison. Snacks is one of the best run defenders in the league. And we noticed when the Lions did pick him up that there was a huge shift for them in terms of performance on their uh, run defense but this is going to be a tough schedule i i find it difficult to see seven wins i think they're an eight win type of team when you think of like their talent um but you know when you look at that division there's a decent chance they go oh and six in division and you know if that's the case i just there's no way you see seven wins i don't think
1: yeah, it's tough. I mean, there are some guys there that I I wouldn't mind having on my fantasy roster, though. That's for sure. But that's what we come sure. to expect out of Detroit. They play from behind. They put up points, and Matt Stafford is for sure a gunslinger. Still, even at this point in his career, uh, if you know, we see we keep see guys like Philip Rivers, who we talked about a couple weeks ago, doing the same thing. I mean, I I think that Stafford could still put up big numbers, and that could mean good things for Marvin uh, Marvin Jones and also Kenny Galladay. So. Uh, we'll see. Let's move on, though. Let's move on to the Minnesota Vikings on you. This is a, a bitter rival of your Green Bay Packers. Bet Online's got the Vikings at nine, plus or minus. Uh, they've got minus 115 for under nine wins and minus 105 for over nine wins. Uh, so
0: we'll get to fantasy, but how do you feel about the nine? Again, I think they're probably like a nine to 10 win team, but I look at the division and I'm not quite sure where they rank I mean I think they're probably top to bottom they might be the most talented team in the division I think that they've got probably the third best quarterback in the division Um, but you know it's going to be interesting to see what they look like and and I'm not trying to change the subject I'm just saying that like the wins are directly correlated with what you think again of the play caller I think that's sort of the theme in this division and Kevin Stefanski stepped in for John Filippo late last season and you saw a pronounced shift out of what Mike Zimmer wants to do, wants his team to look like, similar to what Matt Patricia wants the Lions to look like. I think the Vikings have taken on that sort of theme and that that theme is run the ball. And that means a lot of your boy Dalvin Cook. They draft Alexander Madison. Out of Boise State, there or in the early rounds this year, they love what they see out of him. From what I've read, um, you know they obviously have Diggs and um, and Thielen, which is maybe the best one-two receiver combination in the league, other than maybe your boys. I'm just saying, but uh, you know there's there's a lot of talent here offensively. Offensively, and uh, you know it's just a matter of will they actually throw the ball? They we know that Mike Zimmer's defenses are generally very good, um, but I, I again I have questions about the idea of. Running the ball when you've got all this perimeter talent. And I think that's going to deprive them of maybe a win or two that they maybe should get.
1: I think the Rams have a better one, too, than Minnesota. But uh, you, yeah, I, I got a question for you <laughs> okay, on, this, on this team. So, Kyle Rudolph, a uh, big step down fantasy wise last year. Tight ends just been such a weird position in fantasy football for the last few years. You have a couple of really, really good guys, and then you have a lot of dumpy guys. Uh, but Kyle Rudolph, to me, I mean, he just took such a huge leap the opposite direction. Do you think that he can bounce back? It doesn't seem like Kirk Cousins, it, it finds him as much of a, a pass catcher in the end zone, in the red zone, I should say, it, it was
0: maybe we thought that he could be. I'm stunned by that. I had a lot of stock in Kyle Rudolph last year, especially when you think of Kirk Cousins with Washington, tons of Jordan Reed, tons of Vernon Davis. You know, you assume that he goes to Minnesota. Now Kyle Rudolph coming off that huge season with a million touchdowns, you know, that it translates and it just totally didn't. And now this year they draft Irv Smith Jr. out of Alabama in the early second round. I mean, this is a super talented guy. It sounds like Stefanski and um, uh, Gary Kubiak, who they hired to be an offensive uh, consultant really like Irv Smith and they like the idea of using two tight ends, which means that they'll, they'll, you know, either way, I think that means that Rudolph's uh, impact could go down a little bit, but that being said, I I still expect to step up. They gave him a bunch of money this off season. I do still expect some production out of Kyle Rudolph. I think you're probably not drafting him as a tight end one, but he's going to be right in that fringe by the end of the season. I think we'll look at him as a top 10 tight end in this league.
1: What about fantasy defense? This is a defense that two years ago was one of the best, and last year they took a big step down. They still have the same talent on that defensive side of the ball. Do you think they can somehow
0: rebound? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a really good defense. They got Anthony Barr back after that total Ghazi where the Jets had him signed, and then Barr came back, and so – when you think of the, the middle of that defense with Eric Hendricks and Anthony Barr, I mean, that is as good an uh, inside linebacker duo as you're ever going to see in the league, um, especially in nowadays. And so, you know, with Everson Griffin, presumably back and normal, um, Daniil Hunter is, you know, one of the absolute best, most underrated defensive linemen in the league and all pro, um, you know, and then they have that awesome secondary led by Xavier Rhodes and, um, and Harrison Smith. I mean, they're they're tough. And I, I see that firsthand twice a year with the Packers. And, uh, you know, they're, they're as rugged a defense as there is. And Mike Zimmer is just so good that, you know, I, I think this is one of those rare defenses that you maybe don't play matchups. You just, you can almost trot them out every week.
1: Fair enough. I agree with you there. All right, we're going to get to your green Bay Packers and the Chicago bears, your rivals. But before we do that, Wanted to just touch on our friends over at CBS Sports. This episode of the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour is brought to you by CBS Sports HQ. I think we're all aware that sports TV nowadays is full of constant bickering and made-up drama, but CBS Sports HQ is here to change all of it. CBS Sports HQ is a network that streams 24-7 and brings you top-tier sports and fantasy coverage without any of that yelling or fake debates like you used to hear you and Dan have so often. Their fantasy <laughs> experts will be here to help you all season from draft prep to championship week. They're going to give you the latest stats and injury updates as well as in-depth breakdowns and analysis. Whether you're a DFS guy or season-long leagues, they'll give you all the info you need to make the right choices for your lineups Every day, they're also going to bring you latest news, highlights, previews, and recaps from around the sports world without politics, without debates, just sports from real sports fans. Best news of all, it's free. I don't mean free for a week or a month or you have some special cable package. It's totally, completely free for everybody, you, me, and you. You don't even need to log in. Just open the CBS Sports app and watch anytime, from anywhere on your phone or at home on your Apple TV, Roku, or Fire TV. Couldn't be any easier. Download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. I know I will be all season. All right, Anshu, let's get to your favorite team in the NFL, the Chicago Football Bears. (laughs) I know I've got to start here, and I know that this has been a contentious debate for you. Uh, when it comes to the Chicago Bears and their offense, and that's around the quarterback, Mitch Trubisky. I know you are not high on Mitch, but he did take a big step forward in fantasy last year. And I've got to hear, I know that your opinion is somewhat biased the other way with Mitch, but realistically, what do you think this guy's capable of this year fantasy-wise?
0: I mean, I I don't think that... I'm I'm okay. So he can both be not a good NFL quarterback and be a useful, usable and uh, a fantasy quarterback. I think that's what he is. I think Hopefully. that he's. I, I mean, I I think that he's a really bad NFL quarterback. I would hate for him to be the quarterback of my favorite team, to be completely honest. But you know, the guy produces. I mean, he he does. It's it's you know he averages somewhere around you know six two hundred yards a game passing. He's going to get you you know, about a touchdown and a half passing and then probably another half touchdown rushing. And he's going to throw about a pick a game, probably turn over the ball once a game. But that all together, when you incorporate the rushing, which I did not see coming, um, you know, it helps for sure. And, you know, he had up 421 rushing yards last year, which is very impressive for, you know, for a quarterback, certainly. And I, I compare it kind of to Josh Allen. Like, I think Josh Allen is absolute trash, but The guy, you know, has a cannon arm and definitely runs the ball and, you know, has some decent weapons around. I think the difference is that Matt Nagy is so much better as an offensive schemer than what Buffalo has. And then you look at Allen Robinson and Tariq Cohen and Anthony Miller and Trey Burton and all the pieces around him. And I think that he can fall ass backwards into being like a quarterback 15 or 16. And, you know, in, in two quarterback leagues like the one that we have, I mean, he is absolutely useful, probably a starter. And, you know, it just is what it is. That's I think that's kind of my my analysis of him. But I, I think that it's going to cost the Bears some games having him as their starter.
1: Fair enough. All right. So you and Brad Evans the other day on the show talked a lot about David Montgomery. I know Brad is a big Bears fan, but he is extremely high on David Montgomery, as are a lot of yes. people. I keep seeing his name pop up on fantasy boards. If We've got drafts coming up in the next week. He's a guy that I feel like based on the hype, could be overdrafted quite a bit. and They've still got Tariq Cohen, who is very productive. They bring in Mike Davis from Seattle. i I, I, I got to hear it from somebody who doesn't particularly like the Bears. Do you think the <laughs> hype is real around David Montgomery? I know they're going to utilize him. He's going to get touches early. But isn't this a situation
0: where there might be a little bit more smoke here? Yeah, so I really like David Montgomery, full disclosure, out of Iowa State. Uh, but, you know, I think that let's look at, first of all, let's look at his talent. He runs uh, at the combine. He ends up running a four six three, which is doesn't seem fast, but he's obviously an enormous player. He's two hundred twenty two pounds. Former quarterback. If you look at mockdraftable.com, they have comparisons based on your testing and size. His closest comps are Benny Snell, Rashad Penny, Ruben Drones, Marcel Ship, Keith Brown, someone named. Uh, oh, Alex Collins is on that list. Terrence West is on that list. I yes. mean, not exactly a who's who of really great players. I'm just saying that like players like this rarely come into the league and blow the doors off everyone. So fine. I, I still think that he's a really good effort player. But and the Bears love him, obviously. The other factor that you know Brad just sort of poo-pooed, and I disagree with is. The fact that Tariq Cohen and Mike Davis are still there. I mean, they did sign Mike Davis. He just ignored that completely. I think that, you know, given more time, I'd like to have a longer conversation about that. Like, they didn't just sign Mike Davis to be an insurance policy. This guy had over 100 touches for uh, Seattle last season. Those are all vacated. That's part of why everyone likes, uh, you know, Chris Carson so much this year and, You know, Tariq Cohen is such a huge critical factor around why Matt Nagy, what Matt Nagy wants to do for that offense. So I just think they're, I think that the hype is a little too high on David Montgomery. I still think he's going to be good, but just, you know. I would say pump the brakes a little bit. I'm not so sure he's like the second coming of Adrian Peterson as a rookie.
1: Yeah. And in Seattle, you bring up some good points. Mike Davis, when he was in there, he was extremely productive. Everybody that ran in that Seattle backfield was productive last year. They had, you you had Penny that went off at at times for, for Seattle. So I, I I truly believe that Mike Davis is going to get a few more touches than, than maybe Brad thought, but I think that it's a crowded backfield like you mentioned, but I, with that being said, he is a guy, you know, maybe more so than a Rashad Penny last year for Seattle that you, you can take a a chance on or ronald jones out of tampa bay is another guy that last year a lot of people drafted Mm -hmm. higher and then he never sees the field so i I don't think he's going to be that type of a guy like one of those two that doesn't see the field until late in the season and then doesn't really have any fantasy impact for a guy but i I do think he'll get touches but i think we need to pump the brakes a little bit before crowning this guy uh you know as as a as rookie of the year
0: for sure, like if if we look at his ADP right now, the players going around him: Aaron Jones, Melvin Gordon. Find that there, there's an asterisk there. Josh Jacobs, Marlon Mack, David Montgomery, and behind him, behind My David chance. Montgomery, are Chris Carson, Derek Henry, Mark Ingram. You mm-hmm. know, Tevin Coleman. Like I, I mean, okay, I think after Ingram, maybe you can start looking at Sony Michelle. You know James White, Miles Sanders. I think that's around where you want to see him. Right down towards the bottom part of that. When you think of the possibility of a three-way timeshare, I mean, miss me with that, honestly. With yes. like with with Mitch Trubisky as your quarterback, I just yeah, I'm I'm passing. I I just won't end up having him, which is fine. I think he could be good. He could be really good. Um, but it's just like one of those investments you won't find me making
1: fair. I, I think I kind of agree with you there. All right. What about bet online? Having them at nine is plus or minus. This is a team that I think probably did a little bit better than most people expected last season, but, uh, you know, bet online and Vegas think they're going to have a bit of a step backwards.
0: Yeah. And I- I know I'm biased, but I, I definitely agree with that. If you look at uh, where teams that are good candidates for regression are often ones where it's predicated on defense. Defense rarely translates year over year. It's just a fact. And um, they also lost probably the best defensive coordinator in the league in Vic Fangio. They had incredible health last year. I mean, it's just in terms of games started uh, by starters or games missed by starters. The bears had the fewest games missed of any team in the entire NFL uh, amongst their projected starters. So they were very, very healthy. Um, And, you know, obviously they're still going to be good. They have a ton of talent defensively. uh, But I I do have, again, it just boils down to the quarterback. And I think playing a first place schedule is going to make this thing a lot tougher for the bears. I still think that they're probably an eight to nine win team, but I think there's value betting the under, because I think that they're going to have issues in this division. I do think that all those three other teams are talented enough to give them a lot more trouble than they gave them last year.
1: All right. Now that all of our Chicago listeners hate you, let's talk about the <laughs> Packers. I know this is what you've been waiting for, uh, to talk about your boys. And I think that you're excited to see oh, a man. potential rebound. Uh, you know, a lot of issues last year with injuries. Uh, but green Bay just couldn 't quite get over the hump it, it obviously Arian rodgers just didn 't look like himself all season, uh, but I have to assume you on you think that this team's going to take a huge step forward. Are you as high on them as i 'm expecting you to be?
0: oh God um no, probably not i'm i 'm excited i'm i 'm cautiously optimistic but i i don 't know how anyone can possibly say they know what this is going to look like, you know I mean. I, I just – there's there's too much up in the air right now. There's too many, you know, too many changes with Matt LaFleur coming in and being the new head coach, obviously. It, it's not unlike your boys, actually, um, who we'll talk about in the next show. But, I mean, you know, I like what they've shown, Um, what I've read for sure, what, you know, so the development of some of these younger players. I know Little Smock is pumped. And, you know, I, I just – I love the idea of Aaron Jones in an offense where they're going to actually use zone outside zone schemes. I think that he's absolutely perfect for that. He ran it at UTEP. Um, I like the second year leap possibilities for guys like Valdez Scantling and you know Equinemius St Brown. And I, I you know I think they're they're extremely talent the most talent they've ever had defensively I think in you know since they won the Super Bowl. So I. I I'm excited about those things, but you know, Rogers has to stay healthy and they are doing a completely different thing offensively. So anyone who says they know what they're going to look like, just, you know, they're lying.
1: Very not like my boys. You guys are set at nine here on bed online. They've got my lowly Bengals at five and a half, which we'll get to later in the week. But, did want to touch on what you, what you mentioned. You, so you mentioned a couple names there. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, uh, Quenemius St. Brown, Geronimo Allison. So you, you, we just got done talking about the Bears and there being a crowded backfield potentially. This was a huge frustration last year for a lot of people in fantasy football is which one of those guys do you go with? And obviously, as a fan of a team, you like to see that because you like to have that for a variety that you can throw at, at other teams, at your opponent. But outside of Devontae Adams, who's going to be a, you know, top five, probably drafted wide receiver. Where do you take those other guys around the same place? And, and do you, do you risk having that, you know, that, that crowdedness in that receiving core as well?
0: It's, it's super tough. Again, like I probably follow the Packers as close as anyone. And I just, there's just no one that could possibly know who should get drafted higher between Valdez, Scantling and Allison. I mean, and I think there's a decent chance that, you know, that you see Jake Kumaro end up playing a decent role for them as well. And so, um, you know, my lean is if you're looking for a higher floor player, you go with Geronimo Allison, especially in PPR leagues. I think that he's going to catch, you know, a, like he was on pace for a thousand yard season last year, uh, early in the season before he got hurt. So I know that was only through like five or six games, but he obviously has a rapport with Rogers, um, but Valdez-Scantling is tantalizing for sure. When you think of, you know, the big playability, the the fact that what, what he could be to this team, what, you know, the Calvin Ridley to, you know, Devontae Adams-Julio, basically. You know, just the idea of a guy who takes the top off a of defense— I think is it's super interesting. Um, and I think that that's why he'll probably get taken slightly ahead of Allison just because of the sexiness factor and the, the, the ceiling. But I think if you're, it just depends what you're looking for at that stage. Cause I think that Allison is more likely to start games for you, but, but if Dallas gambling pops, it's, it's all over.
1: All right. How good can Aaron Jones be? You were extremely high on him earlier than a lot of people last year. And you were proven right in a lot of, in a lot of cases, but where do you think Aaron Jones goes on a draft board? Do you think he's a top ten running back, and and do you think he'll live up to that expectation if he does fall into that?
0: Oh man, I, I yeah, I love Aaron Jones. I know you're you're a fan as well. I think he's clearly their best running back. It's not even remotely close. But this is a guy that has had injury problems all throughout his career he put on a bunch of bulk this offseason to try to get better but you know it's all about you know your risk tolerance because the reality is this guy is very likely to miss two or three games at minimum for you so are you willing to take the you know two to three week hit with aaron jones knowing that the other 12 or 13 weeks he's basically an rb1 i mean that's it's that's how he's getting drafted right now. He's right around, I think, like the RB 14, 15, maybe 12 range, and it and it incorporates, you know, your again your risk tolerance. So he's going slightly ahead of guys like David Montgomery. I to me that's a no-brainer. Um, and it's interesting that these four running backs are the ones we talked about this division because if you think of on Johnson, David Montgomery, Dalvin Cook, and Aaron Jones, I mean they're all being drafted right in that sort of I would say Cook is is clearly the highest, um, but then you know you have Carry on slightly ahead of Aaron Jones, and then Montgomery maybe like a step below. And I think to me there's a clear drop off after Jones to Montgomery. So really interesting ranking those four guys.
1: Fair enough. All right, I, I just want to ask you one more question about your Packers, and that's what what you think of Aaron Rodgers' window. Uh, do you how much how much longer do you think this guy has to realistically have an opportunity to win a Super Bowl? I know that you've Expressed some frustration with some of the injuries and, and other things, but you know obviously he still has the talent. He's probably, if not the best quarterback in the NFL, one of the top two or three. Uh, so I, I, he's obviously getting a little older. He's, he's had some issues getting along with his head coaches. What do you realistically see with Aaron Rodgers as far as this window going forward?
0: I mean, I think the next two years, unfortunately, is like when we'll really know. Uh, like, will he take the bounce the way that Rivers and Roethlisberger and Brady have and Breeze, or will he kind of fade off? I mean, we amazingly, the the vast majority of quarterbacks that we've seen over the last few years have really just ignored, you know, time. Like they've basically been able to continue their production, if not made it even better over the years, and so will Rodgers take that step forward back to where he was, or you know, will he just kind of fade off? And I think that you know the injuries will be the major factor for him. I mean, but I, I I'm very excited about the possibilities of this offense specifically catering to how Aaron Rodgers' career sunsets, and you know, I, I mean, I'm optimistic. I think that he could play. He wants to play at least 41 or 42. I, I mean, that gives him six five six years. Um, You know, for a guy whose game was so heavily predicated on his legs, I think that it's going to be fascinating to see if he's able to do that. But um, just from an arm talent and brain perspective, he should be able to do that, right? Like, I mean, if he can just, if they can just keep him clean and he doesn't, and he resists the urge to, like, run around and take bad hits, I mean... He, he should be able to do that. Why can't he be have a Brady-like finish to his career? I, I don't see why that shouldn't be able to happen. But a lot of that, you know, comes from the game planning and the players around him.
1: Yeah, and a lot of it has to do with the offensive line, which has struggled at times. How much of a leap forward do you sure. think they can take this year?
0: Well, they draft Elton Jenkins in the second round. I think that he's going to be a really good, you know, swing piece for them. They sign Billy Turner. He is likely to start at right guard. Rogers has just raved about him. Um, they bring back Brian Bulaga. They have probably the best a top three left tackle in the league and David Bakhtiari. But, you know, they're I, I mean, offensive line wise, they should be fine. A lot of that is just Rodgers in this offense shouldn't be running around trying to make plays. That's basically what McCarthy's offense had devolved into uh, from Rodgers perspective. Maybe that's not how McCarthy drew it up, but that's how Rodgers played it. And, you know, I'm fascinated to see how able to keep him under wraps, Matt LaFleur is because I think that's the key to prolonging his career and, you know, to getting the most out of this offensive line. They will run the ball a lot more this year. And hopefully as a Packer fan that keeps Rogers healthy uh, well into this season.
1: All right. Well, it sounds like you're a little bit high on your Green Bay Packers and I think for good reason. They do have a lot of talent. There will be a lot of players on that offense drafted and, you know, it it, it seems like this uh, this could be a rebound year for the I don't want to jinx it. I know that uh, you're oh. cautiously optimistic, like like you probably should be, but uh I, I like what I'm I like what I'm seeing is is what they've done with building this roster and I think uh, You think I, they're going to win this division? I, I don't think they'll win the division, but I think they're going to be okay. a wild card team this year.
0: Hey, I'll I'll take that. That'd be fun. I'd I'd love to see him back in the postseason.
1: Yeah, I mean, I as a fan, you, you I mean, I know my team won't be. So if I could root for one <laughs> of my one of my closest friends to have his team, I mean, and it's not a hateable team like most of most of the others, I, I can go for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I appreciate that, buddy. <laughs> Likewise,
1: we made it through the NFC North. uh Obviously, we are going to get to the AFC North on the show well, that will be released. Get your boxing gloves
0: ready. Oh boy, it's going <laughs> to oh, be
1: brutal. We, we, I'm not going to do leftovers on this show since we went a little long at the beginning of the show talking about AB and Josh Gordon. But I do have a quick. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you saw this at uh, Philadelphia Eagles practice. Uh, former Bengals draft pick Jake Elliott, obviously the kicker and Super Bowl winning kicker, of the Philadelphia Eagles watched as Carly Lloyd, uh, I don't, obviously of the U.S. women's soccer team, hitting a 55-yard field goal at Eagles practice. So a uh, little trouble in paradise there with Jake Elliott. Does he have anything to worry about?
0: <laughs> I mean – if if she's hitting fifty five yarders, why? Oh, I, yeah. Why he should he should be nervous. He almost didn't have a job a couple of years ago. That's a that's an Illinois boy too. So, uh, yeah, that I would be concerned. Why not Is he talk? Tron- he's from
1: Illinois. Did he? Yeah, he's, he's from Illinois.
0: Right. he's definitely from the North
1: Shore. It was just such, it's so perfect perfectly Bengals to watch as they draft Jake Elliott in the fifth round and then he wins a Super Bowl the year that they cut him for the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. Oh my God, that's right. It's, just, it's so Bengals. But oh, now, now he's getting out kicked by, I mean, obviously, I mean, it's 2019, so it's all good. But Carly Lloyd just crushing him at practice.
0: I mean, Carly Roy- Lloyd would be crushing pretty much all the Bears kickers, too, I think, in practice. This is the <laughs> NFC North episode, right? I can crap all over the Bears. Yeah,
1: I mean, I don't want to be a target for the end
0: of that foot. But... <laughs> that's right. She Absolutely.
1: Do you have anything for, oh, by the way?
0: I I mean I watched the Monday night football game last night. I don't know if you caught any of that, but it was the Niners and the Broncos, oh, uh our yes. buddies no burn. <laughs> oh man. Um so we talked about the San Francisco 49ers a couple of weeks ago and I waxed nostalgic about how I thought that Jimmy Garoppolo was going to recapture a lot of his ability from a couple of years ago. And I, was I mean 10. he looked Freaking awful last night. I I know it's only preseason and I don't want to jump to conclusions, Matt, too quickly here, but that that was that was ugly. And I got to tell you that, like, you know, you try to glean little things from preseason. That was about as bad as it gets. That is not what you want to see from your quarterback.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, he looked horrible. One for six, zero yards, interception. Four of the passes he threw, four of the six were were batted by the other team. So not a good look for Jimmy Garoppolo. But, uh, you know, it's the first game of the preseason. Maybe that's a little rust. You hope that he bounces back. But, I, I mean, nobody has anything to go off of for this guy to be crowned. And I feel like, once again, maybe not as much as last year, but once again, people are thinking San Francisco comes in as a sexy team. And I just... I'm not there yet, and I said that when we talked about the Niners. I'm just not there yet. I don't know about Garoppolo. I yep. need him to. I need to see a body of work out of him before I can go and, and uh, you know give him any any level of recognition. So yeah. we did Sorry. go a little long on this episode because of the beginning, but uh, we definitely wanted to spend a little extra time on Anchu's Packers. Uh, So we're going to skip the leftovers for this episode, but we will have a second episode released just a couple days after this one, and we will be talking about the AFC North. Anshu, anything you wanted to add before we let our listeners get back to their Wednesday?
0: No, sir. Enjoy the dress rehearsals. That's what this week three is.
1: Yeah, a little bit of extra time for your starters before they pretty much sit out week four. But we will see you, I guess, in a couple days. So our time has come to an end here on the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. (laughs)